So my very first guest ever of this podcast is one of my housemates, John. John, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jason. Thanks so much for, for being with me. Yeah. So we met months ago, uh, many months ago on Facebook dating. Mm-hmm. And we went out. That was kindly new to me. Yeah. Uh, about Facebook dating. Yeah. Uh, I was just curious about it. And all I know then was um, Tinder, Grindr, or yeah. And I was surprised there's this uh, Facebook dating app. So I tried it. Me too. But I didn't have like, aside from you, you're literally the only person that I met from Facebook dating because I found the selection to be rather lackluster on Facebook dating. What was your experience? Um, I'm kind of scared of Facebook. Because um, I don't know if it will connect to my like real yes. friends, so they might see me like looking, or yeah, basically on on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm scared about that. So yeah, yeah, you don't want it sending out through your feed like you've just matched with Jason. Like that would be really really uh-huh. awkward for all of your friends to know. <laughs> but anyway, so like we met on Facebook dating. But one of the things that I'm really interested about is like. You um, are from the Philippines. So talk to me a little bit about that. You born and raised in the Philippines. Uh, yeah. Um, I was born north, a part of the Philippines. Um, um, north, yeah, somewhere north. Okay. <laughs> and north. I transferred to, to Manila to get my, my high school until I studied um, college there, until I worked there, until 2015. 14 okay yeah, 2015 yep okay so born and raised in the philippines was oh, there until, until 2014 yes okay now talk to me a little bit about i know some of this because we've gone out before but one of the things that i'm really curious about is uh, growing up gay in the philippines in an environment that i would imagine is relatively conservative uh-huh and i i had no intentions of like opening up um way back when I was in high school like I'm going to conceal this secret until yeah. I die but as I grow up and yeah, meet new friends in college that's where I decided okay so I'm starting to open up deciding to meet these uh, friends which are um, I learned that in high school being in a being in a group is you're popular but it's different in college so if you're different in college, you have this potential to be some, yeah, the potential to be you mm-hmm. and not just in a group, in a particular group. So our group in college was really diverse. Like we have like straight friends, we have like straight girls, guys, we have some out lesbians. Mm-hmm. And I have this really glossy uh, gay friend, really, really, really fun to be with. And uh, I think I'm... I'm maybe the, the the closet type in college. Yeah. That's so me. you in the when you say you're in co- like in college you're the closeted type. So like when did you in high school you said you weren't out. I was not out in high school either. Uh-huh. And then in college you decided that you would be or like it was sort of like the door sort of like just, half opened. Just for close friends and uh it came to me like uh, what you see in me that's me. If I'm if I'm close to you I'll be open to you, but if not, um, I'm just whatever you see me. That's mm-hmm. me. That's... Were people surprised when you told them? Because I know the very first person that I told was one of my close friends. Her name is Jen. And I sat her down. I was living in Bismarck, North Dakota. And mm-hmm. I sat her down and I said, Jen, I have something to tell you. 
And I was like so nervous. I was like shaking and sweating. And I thought, oh, once I say these words, I'm not going to be able to take them back. And I told her, and she said, Jason, I've always known. Can we go get something to eat now? I think all our friends are like that. Was that your experience as well? Yeah. It's like they, they're just waiting for us to confirm. Yeah. And they already know it. Yeah. So you found that as well in college? Yes. yes. Okay. So one thing that I think is really interesting about your story is you were, before you left the Philippines in 2014, your family knew. Actually, that... uh, I left the Philippines in 2014. I went back there and I went um, back to the Philippines in 2015. And then I, uh, I went back here in 2017. Okay. That's, yeah. But your family knew that you were gay. Um, I didn't tell them. I think when my father died five years ago, okay. it's, it's like an opening um, moment for me. Like, um, I think my father knew it, but I, I didn't tell him. But when my father died, I think uh, I've been to some relationships before that didn't work out. I was, I think that's the reason why things are not working out because I'm not really open mm. or so like scared. Like when people see us, it's like a, we're just friends. So I think that's the moment when I realized that I need to open up with my family. And I told my mom, um, like a year after my father died. And I think she knows it already. She knew it already. Yeah. I feel like, and when you say she knew it already, like she wasn't surprised. Um, she was quiet for a few moments. Um, yeah. And I, I, I respect that because, um, like it's, she's into church. So I guess that's, uh, yeah. Being like a very religious. She's Catholic. Background. Yep. Okay. And so given that it's interesting because I was raised Catholic as well. And we'll talk about this in a little bit because I know, Mm -hmm. and something that I think is very interesting about you is like, you have been able to, you still go to church. I stopped going the second I was confirmed, I was like, I'm good. I'm <laughs> out of here. And I have not willingly walked back into a Catholic church since then. But the thing that I think is really interesting about, about this is you were raised Catholic. You told, you told your mother. My parents actually yeah. sort of came out to me. I was, again, like, this was many, many years ago, but my father called me and he's like, we're pretty sure you're gay. And I'm like, yes. And that was it. So it was like a super easy uh, story for me. That's a different... I, I, I don't know if people see things differently here, but I know Philippines is, or in Asia, is they're very... Some, especially specifically, Philippines is very Catholic and so very religious and conservative. But I think like 10 years or maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they're starting to open up because of the social media and the influence of like the Western influence and yeah, the the people are starting to be open about the LGBTQ plus the Philippines. But still, there are some areas that are really taboo to them not to talk, but um, they're starting to open up. Like there are some personalities in, in TV that starting to get famous because they're gay. And yeah. So talk to me about how you personally have... Um, maintained your faith 
because I'm not, as I said, very religious just in general, but I do have, for me, it's really problematic, like how the Catholic church, a lot of the stances of the Catholic church as it relates to homosexuality, but you have been able to both obviously continue to be gay while also continuing to go to church. And talk to me about how you've been able to do that. Um, it's kind of, well, confusing, actually. Okay. Um, I, I think we've talked about this when we were getting to know way back when we were, like, yeah. I think with the, it's the second time we met mm-hmm. in, in Garrett Mountain. Yeah. Um, it's kind of confusing, but uh, I think I told you last time that the reason why sometimes I go back to I go to church is because I I feel the comfortness of of um, being brought up in the Philippines and being homesick there. Also, is just to feel again that family feeling of going to church every Sunday. That yeah. So it's been like sort of a an experience for you to sort of just in some ways it sounds like remember sort of your childhood, like yes. the thing that you always did in the Philippines. Uh, the the culture, the festivities of being Catholic also. There's some every month there's a festivity, especially during summer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's I think it's a shallow no, no, I won't say shallow, but um it's it's hard mm-hmm. and confusing sometimes. I believe it. I believe it. So I want to talk too about you dated it when you were in the Philippines. Uh huh. Okay. And then obviously you moved here. We live just outside of New York City. What is the difference, if there is a difference, between dating in like a place like Manila versus dating oh. in New York City? Give me a few of the different. You, you just like, people just, can't see this, but you just are like, whoa, just, there's, there's, whoa. What are the differences? Um, I think. Just to be, yeah, just to be honest. Yeah, like we want that. That's what this environment, is about. Uh, yeah, the environment there is like we've talked about that the, the quick, the instant thing. Like in the United States or in Philippines? Philippines also. Oh, both. Yes. Is it more in the Philippines than it because is here? Because a lot of people are well, not yeah. I I said a lot, not all, but people are very, um, closeted and they. Yeah. And they just want to experience that. And after that, nothing happened. So, Got it. Uh, yeah, that kind of... So do you think in saying like that people are only after sort of one thing? Yes. They're only after sex. Do you think that that is a result of people being so closeted? Do you, do you sort of tie it to that? Because like, I feel like in New York City, people are also after... Uh, Only that, but do you think? But you think it's more? Yeah, and uh, and sadly, because of the of the health, and not they're not using protection. Protection. That's okay. why there's a huge um spike mm-hmm. of like uh, AIDS or HIV mm-hmm. in in Southeast Asia in general, not just the Philippines. So, given that you say. But there's a lot of folks that are closeted in uh-huh. in the Philippines. And what sort of gave you the the strength or courage? Because as I said, I've had a really easy time because my father just called me and was like, you're gay. And I know most people don't have it like that. So yeah. like what, how did you sort of muster the in, inner fortitude to be able to say to your mother, 
You know, well, this is who I am. My my f- my comfort zone in the Philippines are not the the guy f- members of the family. Uh, it's usually my my aunt, who's uh, I've been with since high school, mm-hmm. and uh, she became like my second mother or my my guardian. So she, I think um, aside from my mom, I think she knows me well, and she's my comfort. So when I uh, when I came out, um, like t- when I told her about me being gay, he already she already knew about me, and uh, she told me that. Um, if only I came out earlier before I decide all these decisions I've made in my life before it mm. could have been wiser or because all my decisions before were, was to conceal my, my identity yeah like um, like choosing my career um, if only I had a choice I would have been like a director or, or into a design a flary design <laughs> yeah uh designer or what but yeah gays uh, do love their design yes and i uh, was inclined to construction which is really well archy is in the midway because my family is more into engineering so the manly testosterone um <laughs> yeah part of career, yeah it's but it even influenced your decision like your career path was influenced it sounds like a lot by not wanting people to know Mm -hmm. that you're gay yeah uh well please Mm -hmm. so you leave the philippines you come to the united states and you know i should note for the people listening um you are one of my housemates laurie and you and Uh, i live together uh, in about 10 miles outside of new york in new jersey and you had mentioned that prior to this, like you lived in an environment where you felt you also had to be relatively closeted. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, when I moved here from the Philippines, I started to come out and be like um, uh, with my family. Like, okay, uh, it's my, when I move in here, I thought it's uh, like more open. But then living in an environment with all with my uncle and um, some some Filipino community or yeah it's just I, I went back to being z- to, to zero so and that that seems like it would be like sort of like emotional like whiplash from going from being yeah. like out <laughs> to having to then sort of retreat and be back mm-hmm. in the closet it's it was yeah first two and a half years it's been uh, like I wanted to go out to date, mm-hmm. but I can't because, yeah, some eyes are staring at me. Like, but then you had to figure out ways to do it because, like, you and I met when you were there. So, like, how did you figure uh, out ways to go and do that? On weekends. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just told them I I, I want to go out and stay out for the whole day on the weekend on okay. a Saturday Sunday. Okay. And they don't know about what's happening to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's... So now, you talked about dating in the Philippines. And like how a lot of people are closeted and they're, they're only after sex. And in, you get to New no, York. No, just clear that. Not all, huh? No, I know that. Not all. Sorry, I should say not all. That's fair. But uh, you were saying there were many people that that's all that they were yeah. after. But I feel like in New York, that, is also, that is also very and, true. And crazier. And crazier? Yes. In what way? 
Okay. <laughs> so you got me there. Yeah, just a few months a few months ago before I think January before the corona. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, me and some friends went out there. So it's my first time to be in Hell's Kitchen, in the. Yeah, things are crazier there. In Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, definitely I've, a gay mecca in a lot of ways. Well, you've been to to Manila also. I have been to Manila. Yeah, yes. and um, there is a place in in Manila. I think there's one in Makati, and there's one in Malate. There's some light uh, red, red light districts there mm-hmm. that are almost the same, but yeah, New York is different. So I was gonna say I feel like New York is much more tame than what I saw in Manila. So I wasn't in the gay area, but the area of Manila that I was in was oh, yeah, pretty yeah. like uh, <laughs> intense in a way that I have never seen in Manhattan. So you're saying though that you feel like Hell's Kitchen is more intense. Uh huh. Okay. That's interesting. That was not my experience in Manila. I feel like Hell's Kitchen feels like I'm going to church compared to parts of no Manila that I was in. Where is this? I don't remember. I actually don't remember. I can tell you once we get off the, the hotel that we sit in. But the area that in Manila that we were in, it was, uh, you know, I it was there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So okay. So anyways, though, you get, you, get, you get to Hell's Kitchen and you hadn't been to Hell's Kitchen before. Um. I went to, I was able to visit Hell's Kitchen before, but not on that kind of scene. Just pass by, but just by there. And, uh, yep. Just did that. And you found it to be quite intense? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, when you get to Hell's Kitchen, you... You, I'm assuming we're with, so you had, you had a few friends over here from my, my birth, my 35th birthday was over the weekend. I'm yeah. assuming you went to Hell's Kitchen with the two people that were uh-huh. at my part. Okay. So we're going to actually be talking with them in a future <laughs> episode. Will and Tiago are two people. Wait for them. Yeah. So they took you there. Good for them. So they took you there. Okay. And they seem to be like really in a lot of ways, um, uh, expanding your, your horizons. Yeah. I met, uh, I met Will and, uh, yeah, in his school. And Tiago is his partner, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I'm so grateful that I met them because uh, they helped me to open up whatever I need to open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and uh, some walls that I need to break. Yeah, um, they are the crazy friends. Uh, crazy friends here. I I love them. <laughs> what is the hardest part? Do you think about because we were talking a little bit earlier about like having walls up because for everybody has walls up for a variety of reasons. I, I do as well. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest part about dating? Um, I think dating is, well, the mentality of rejection. That is hard. Yes. Um, I don't know if, um, yeah, just the idea of rejection scares me a lot because I, I have, I have a hard time, um, with, yeah, I had some, his, well, not histories, but hard time absorbing the idea of being rejected. Mm. So. Do you think that that sometimes makes you cut and run? Because I know that when I, at the very beginning of this, I feel like I dated half of Manhattan and <laughs> I, I... That's why you're, you, you're, you're doing this. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of content, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories to be shared. So... I feel like sometimes if I felt like the person was going to reject me, 
I would like get out of the situation as quickly as I could because I wanted to avoid that rejection. Yeah. Especially at the beginning, after I had broken up with my partner, I was like feeling a bit wounded. So anything that came anywhere close to a rejection, I would like cut and run. And then mm. after I was actually like, you know, if you don't like me, you don't like me. And I was a bit more okay with it. But at the beginning, that terrified me. Yes. The, Do you yeah. feel like you're still terrified of it or you're at the like, ugh, I don't really care uh, anymore phase? After like how many relationships have been like four, five, I oh, know, yeah, five relationships. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a learning process. Like my first relationship was a three, uh, six months, six months, uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was so, so, I don't know how you call it, but really version about uh about relationships and um on the second one i have a hard time <laughs> recollecting all these but um yeah i think it's it's a pattern like um we, we just need to learn things like a ladder and uh i don't know where i'm so you feel like though no, but you feel like as you as you we were talking about rejection, and you feel like <laughs> as somebody who maybe has experienced, and I think we all have experienced rejection in different ways, and it doesn't ever feel uh-huh. good when we feel that you know, when we have this rejection. But like, do you think you've conditioned yourself? Do you think you can get past it? Like as you go out on dates with guys now, do you feel like I'm? Do you feel like you're less scared of rejection now, or does it still terrify you? Well. It's- I'm still terrified, but yeah. I think on the first meetup, that's why I, I told you that one time I told you that I don't treat it as a date or just a friendly meetup, yeah. just to, just to, um, like no expectations on the, on the first meetup. So it's not a date. It's just a friendly meetup and let's see what, how it goes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I'm planning on the next dating dates that I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do. But you seem to be exceptionally hard on yourself. And something that I've noticed since we started living together uh, is that I remember we were all sitting at the dinner table uh-huh. and you were recounting this gym that you go to. And this guy you were like was looking at you in the gym. Uh, and, yeah. and then he like <laughs> followed you and like gave you his phone number. And you're like, I didn't know if he was gay. Like clearly he was gay. Sometimes I'm scared that they might punch me. Right. <laughs> well, I get that. Like, you know, but like if a guy is like smiling at you in the gym and he follows you and he gives you his phone number, it is because he thinks you're attractive. Like, or, bar none, why else would he do that? He just wants something else, maybe? Yeah, he might want sex as well. I agree. Uh-huh. But, I, but regardless of whether he wants a relationship, whether he wants sex, whatever it is, he clearly found you attractive or he wouldn't have given you his phone number. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you like almost couldn't believe it when you were like, oh, he did this. Like you almost like were being harder on yourself. I think, well, maybe. Yeah. I'm too hard for myself. Like I'm not a masochist, but sometimes I have this low confidence or low. Like a self-esteem. Yeah. Self-esteem. Because, yeah, where I came from, it's, it's, uh, it's how I I was built. Yeah. Maybe it's not just in, in relationships, but as I grew up, there's this, we used to have a nanny, 
Okay. So it's the first time I'm telling you this. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we used to, um, our, our parents uh, usually out for work, and we were left with a nanny. And sometimes she does, like, not abuse us, but verbally, physically abuse us, but verbally abuse mm. us. So, like, telling us about, about stuff that really hurt us. So, I think for those years... I was really, really think small. I, I thought more small about myself. So, yeah. I, I understand how that can sort of reverberate when you've been in a situation like that where you sort of have been verbally mm-hmm. beaten down, how that can be. Yeah. And you feel like, and maybe in some ways that still like plays a role in your being nervous about being rejected. And being in the Philippines, usually we were hard-headed and my, our father used to to spike us like well it's here in in america it's not good to like hit your kids but yeah it's 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 like a culture in the philippines or the way how the parents teach their kids yeah. to behave or to to obey is mm-hmm. to hit them yeah. yeah so i think that's my inner um development yeah. as i grew up so i think that's that's the thing that's the reason why Well, you've also talked about some unique uh, differences um, between the Philippines and the United States, and you shared a little bit on on my birthday party. So my birthday, as I mentioned already, was on Saturday. We had a bunch of people over, and we talked about a wide variety of topics. Uh, (laughs) There were a lot of people who I had met along the way on these dating apps, Uh, some of whom are going to be featured um, in future episodes. And you were sharing a very interesting story that I now want to talk about. Okay. And you might want to take an extra big swig of that mango martini, because we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. the time you went in for knee surgery. Yeah, because I'm when I was like in in grade four, yeah, I, I had this accident. We were playing. Uh, I got my knee. Uh, what do you call it? Slashed or okay, yeah, on 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 a nail, an exposed nail. Oh, and that a, sounds and terrible. Yeah. So yeah, my my knee bones were exposed that time, and we, I I was rushed in the hospital. My mom works in the hospital, so she knows everyone in the hospital. So. They're, they're stitching my knee. And, uh, okay. So, because of that, get circumcised. Like, I was not ready at that time. Like, no way. <laughs> so, there, there wasn't any talk about this. It was just no, like, we're doing like, your knee. We're just going to, like, go a little uh, north and we're going to slice the foreskin off of your penis. Yes. Just, it's one at a time. Uh, no. All at once. One pain. So, Okay. I'm just being held up in an operating room and being circumcised. So wait, when were you were you awake when they were working on your knee? So you like could see yeah. them. Oh, so you, like you experienced both the fixing of the knee and then also yeah. the circumcision. Yes. Was there any talk? <laughs> um, was there any talk at all with you about you know we're do we're working on your knee? You know, would you like to also? be circumcised or they were just like boom we're doing this i have no power at that time like i i have i can say no but it's there so So, (laughs) wow that's like that's like a buy one get one special i Uh guess i think well that worked for me well that worked for me okay at least for the whole summer i was i would imagine you were hurting (laughs) Yeah, because we were talking about actually like we're joking about it now, but we were talking about like the 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 differences in between cultures about the because now like in South Africa, I'm, I'm curious about here. 
So like I was like chopped like before I could even. Oh. I was like I was like as a baby. I never I don't okay. recall it ever happening. Uh-huh. Uh, but I know like in certain places in South Africa where I do a lot of work, it's actually a very big like ceremony that often occurs when people are in their teens and they go the the, the folks that are Tosa oh. go to the bush and have this done. And, and it. yeah, and it's a it's a huge rite of passage. So we were talking about that, and then you brought up you know I had my knee done, and they also circumcised me. Well, the good thing they're doing it in the hospital is they have the anesthesia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would think that they you would want that. It. They yeah. will numb it. Yes. <laughs> so they got. So they did that for you. Yeah. They helped you on that way. Good. Well, I think we can move on from your penis now, and we can totally talk about something else. So as we move on, we can talk now, if you don't mind, about. I want to go back to dating and the idea of rejection because i think that is something that honestly everybody can relate to Mm -hmm. i know that as i said i have sort of cut and run when i've been scared of being rejected Mm -hmm. but there is something within us i think and and you seem to be testament of this is like you still are willing to sort of put yourself out there because you're still dating yeah and how do you sort of muster the courage i guess to be like you know what i might get rejected i might get hurt but i'm still gonna go do this uh I don't say I'm I mastered it, but sometimes, well, before going on a date, you have to talk to that person first. It's either by by message or by over the phone, so you get the the hang of it. Like, what does he like? What 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 um do you guys um have uh similarities? So I guess. Being in a in a social, um, in the technological frame like space. Yes, right now I think it gives us the um, the opportunity to know them first before going in a physical date. Well, I think you are very intentional, though. It seems like to me that like you want a relationship because I think apps can provide any number of things, and they often do for a variety of people. But you seem to be very and, intentional with like wanting a date or yeah. like wanting a relationship. Right? Yeah, if I'm I'm younger, yeah, I'll I'll be playing around. But we're not getting any younger anymore, mm-hmm. so I guess less, like less effort. No, less energy. The I I, I just I only have less energy right now for playing around. So that's it. But it also seems to me like you are brave in some ways like you did something a few weeks ago that i thought was very brave was it's something that, that I, so you you i was <laughs> talking with you about one of these guys that you're that you're talking to and you were like i called him and my jaw just thought that like i was like you called him because i feel like that is so rare like when i'm talking to somebody on i'm seeing somebody now so like i don't i'm not doing this now but mm-hmm. before when i was like talking to people i would Never call them before I met them because for me it was just that was too personal, and for Calling whatever reason, why I would text them but I wouldn't call them. I don't know. Like I just I thought I thought they're gonna think what? like this is gonna be that's... too much for them, so I wouldn't do it. That's I never did it. Weird. No, it is weird. But like you uh-huh. are willing to do it, so you pick yeah, up the yeah, phone yeah. and you call them. Uh huh. And it's not awkward for you. It's not. I think it's it's. I'm just preparing myself whenever I meet them just to yeah. I told you just to get to know them. Uh, how they talk, how how they respond to whatever I say, how, yeah, and the, and the same way to them also. Um, yep. And so 
When I give you an app, I want you to give me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. okay? Hinge. 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 Professional. Professional. I agree. No, I agree. I think it is probably of all of them. It's like it's like the LinkedIn of dating apps. It is like uh-huh. the most. I agree with that with Hinge. Bumble. I didn't have Bumble. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. I didn't. Okay. Bumble. Bumble. It's like uh, a bee. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Okay. I'm just joking around. So you got Hinge. You got Bumble. What about Tinder? What do you think of Tinder? Tinder. Yeah. Sex. See. Yeah. I, I feel like Tinder is like halfway between Hinge and Grinder. Okay. Do you or is that not what you... Bumble? Or... I feel like Tinder is like not as trashy as... Not trashy, but like it's not used for what Grindr is used for. Mm-hmm. But it's also not Hinge. Like Hinge you might go to... Hinge you might go on a date and you might talk about um, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the, <laughs> the makeup of the Supreme Court. Whereas, whereas <laughs> Bumble you might do that a little bit. Tinder is more like... What am I getting out of this? And Grinder, yeah. I feel like, is please yeah. meet me behind this building. And we'll do it. And we'll never speak to each other again. Yeah. I think you just level it. Like, um, yeah. That's it. <laughs> what is your... Well, uh, you forgot about Facebook dating. Facebook dating. Well, yeah, because you, you are literally the only person I met from Facebook well, dating. Well, friends. What do you... What I do think, you, I yeah. think friends. Yeah, we became friends. That's, that's wonderful. That's not, Yeah, that's what I think about Facebook dating. If you're looking for friends, I guess... Yeah. Perfect. Use Facebook dating. Yeah. And so if anybody's if anybody's listening and that is wondering, Robert and I met on Facebook dating and we're we're good friends. friends. Yeah, it's great. Uh huh. So, what is your hope for yourself for this year? You talked about some of like the trials and tribulations of the last year. You're in a new environment. It's sort of a new chapter yeah. for you. What is your hope for this year? And it's a good thing I'm moving with uh, with you yeah. and and our our housemate here. Yeah, Lori. and uh, I'm I'm thankful about that, and yeah, hopefully to be more open yeah. to many opportunities. That yeah, just opening things up and embrace changes. And so one of the changes and one of the I've, opening up that you have done uh-huh. um, also involves those two firecrackers, Will yes. and Tiago, who we will be talking to on a future episode, but. They have introduced you to the idea of a nude beach in New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, talk to me uh, that about... That was surprising because um, uh, I thought we were just going to a beach that like a month ago. Well, surprise, surprise, Robert. Yes. And uh, well, we did our, our safety precautions as we do that because it's still the COVID pandemic mm-hmm. era or phase right now. Um, yeah. So no clothes, but a face mask. Like, what is what is the situation on the new well, beach? Well, I like that face mask, face mask thing. If ever, yeah, about the, the anonymity. Yeah, the anonymity of it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, everything's. It took me like one and a half week or one week to to expose that, like to break down the, those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it seems to me like you also have, like, you have grown to, I, that would be something that I would be so uncomfortable doing. So, uh-huh. like, I feel like in some ways I am more comfortable with certain things. Like, I think talking to random people, I'm more comfortable probably than you. But I would be so uncomfortable going to a nude beach. I've never been to a nude beach. And no. what I think is super interesting is, like, in a lot of ways you're very quiet. But you went and it well, seems like you had a lot of well, fun. Well, I have my alter ego. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I just joke about that. Maybe if I'm a little bit drunk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, I'll do some stuffs. Okay. Also. So you want? Okay. So you, let's go back to the nude beach for a second. In 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 New Jersey, you're at the nude beach, and um, <laughs> Will and Tiago mentioned to me that you actually met somebody, on yeah. like on the nude beach. Yeah. So like he comes up to you. So like the guy at the gym like came up to you and gave your number, but this guy gave him gave you his number rather. But this mm. guy, uh, on the nude beach, I think that would be one of the most awkward ways to meet somebody. I would I would die. I think. <laughs> but you didn't, and I want to hear about it. Really, it's an awkward thing. So yeah, so he just goes up to you and he's like, "Hello," and like everything is. Yeah, just and started conversate and conversing, and uh, sometimes you don't know where to look at, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little tipsy that time. That's why. <laughs> so, but like, how long did you talk for? And like, did he join you? Was it just a quick uh, yeah, conversation? Yeah, he, he joined us. We were having a chit chat with with the two. I'm having a chit chat with, with the two, and he comes along. He came along, and started to talk to to the group also. Mm. And and I thought that he's going to be talking to the three of us, but eventually he looked at me and. Yeah, and I know, I know his target. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew his target. Yeah, and his target was you. Yep, and his target was you. Have you spoken to him since then? Oh, we're friends in Instagram, and uh, I think he's a, I don't, he's working, in in the entertainment or producing something. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think he's into that. What is one thing? that you know for sure about like life, about yourself that you wish people in any community, whether it be the gay community or otherwise, knew? Like what is one thing that you, John, know for certain? In the gay community? Like for me, like one of the things that I'll say for me, like one of the things that for me is like um, something that I wish that I had known like earlier on mm-hmm. is like if you fail at something, you haven't like failed at life if you fail at like one thing. You haven't... And I think so much of the decisions that I had made in the past were I was held back because I was so afraid to fail. And the real is like, you don't go around life with like a big failure uh, sign on your head. It's just, you made a mistake and you learn from it. So what is one thing that you know for sure? I told you I was in this meditation challenge with some of my friends. Yeah. 20 day meditation challenge. And on the 19th day, I learned something like um, this phrase, like this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that even on your down times, you, uh, you, always, you always should think this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And even if you're on your happy times, you should always think this too will pass also. Mm-hmm. So it's like a circle. Like if you're down right now, okay, this will pass. If you're happy right now, this will also pass. That's, that's uh, the way how life is. Yeah. Like always turning, always turning around like a wheel of life, circle of life. So I think that's... Uh, that's something that you know for sure. Mm-hmm. What is one thing, one habit that you wish you had introduced earlier on in your life that you've like begun to embrace now in your 30s? Like, What is something that you do now that you wish you had done in your teens and 20s? Be open. Because I've been... Close. I've been closing doors. If I don't like people before. I don't like conversing to people. And uh, that's 
the thing that I regret is knowing knowing people. Um, I've been in in my room, like literally in my room, and uh, I've only on this on this circle of friends. Well, well, I uh, I have a, a great circle of friends, like the close ones, but I I should have known a lot more. So you wish you had done that earlier on. Yeah. What is something that you are sort of promising to yourself? Do you make New Year's resolutions or no? No. Okay. Well then, I don't. I either. always break. Them. Same. Yeah. I set goals for myself every year, but I let my I allow myself the whole year I, to do it. And I write them down. I think we've thought about this one time when I told you about the vision boards. Yes, we should do vision. <laughs> so let me ask you this: We have a blank vision board. Yeah. In front of me, <laughs> what would you put on your vision board for this year? For this year, uh, maybe peace of mind. No, no, that's too too broad. But no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I guess peace of mind. You know the reason why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, being because uh, for the past three years I've been in this uncertainty situation. Um, I think that's it. So I can move on. Because I've been always limiting myself if I do this thing. For example, if I do this thing, what if I need to step back? So what will happen to these things that I've been investing on? So yeah, that's it. It sounds like you want to be less led by fear. Yes. And more led by things that are just interesting to you and and, and exciting for you. And expand. Expansion. Yeah. I so appreciate you joining this podcast today. I know you were a little bit nervous about it, but I am so grateful that you joined. Dang. I think you did an amazing job and I wish you only good things. And I'm totally into doing those vision boards. I hope I did a good job on your pilot. Um, you, yeah. You did. Okay. Thank you, John. Thank it was nice having you. Jason.